Shalom Mishpacha. Welcome to this week's Kadima Talk, The Power of Joy. I want to start in 1 John 2, verse 27. And I've shared a little bit about this before, this opening uh, part, but it goes directly into having abundant joy. 1 John 2, verse 27 is for you. The Messianic anointing you receive from the Father remains in you, so that you have no need for anyone to teach you. On the contrary, as his Messianic anointing continues to teach you about all things and is true, not a counterfeit, so just as he taught you, remain united with him. I was intrigued when I came across this a couple of years ago and looked at Dr. Stern's complete Jewish Bible translation. He's the only one that uses this term, Messianic anointing. So I looked this passage up in other translations, and an overwhelming majority used anointing. A very few translations used Holy Spirit. So I looked up the Greek term, uh, it's translated Messianic anointing, and here it is. The term is chrisma, that believers have an anointing from the Holy One, indicates that this anointing renders them holy, separating them to God. It's a special endowment, a manifestation of Yeshua Mashiach within you. This passage teaches that the gift of the Holy Spirit is the all-efficient means of enabling believers to possess a knowledge of the truth. Charisma is the root word for charisma, which is a compelling attractiveness that can inspire devotion in others, a divinely conferred power or talent. So Rabbi Dr. David Stern here accurately captures, I believe, the intent of the writer John, who also authored the Gospel of John. Yochanan John was a Jewish uh, believer, a Messianic Jew, was writing to the young Messianic communities and Messianic Jews almost 2,000 years ago. The book of 1 John was written in Ephesus around 95 to 110 AD by an aged, wizened, and mature John, urging Messianic followers to guard against and reject false teachings and theologies while encouraging them in their trust and their faith in their walk with the Lord. The letters of Yochanan and John reveal how God's word must always be the litmus test of all teachings and all behavior, emphasizing love, trust, and obedience in our daily lives. Now, catch that. This is the key here. Trust and obedience in our daily lives and in our expression of worship. We've been given, we've been endowed with this unique, special charisma, a holy anointing from the Holy One that sanctifies us, that sets us apart as different from others, and it makes us unto God as his own special treasure, segula in the Hebrew, a special endowment that enables us as Messianic believers to possess knowledge of the truth and to have charisma. John 4 verse 24 said, God is spirit and worshipers must worship him spiritually and truly. So Yeshua establishes exactly how true worshipers are to worship Adonai in spirit and in truth. His usage here of true worshipers lets us know that there are those who are worshiping but aren't true worshipers. Most don't fully conceptualize what Yeshua is actually telling us here. It's our Messianic anointing as defined in 1 John 2 that allows us to possess and teach the truth as recorded in God's word, everything written in the past coupled with the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh of the Holy Spirit. Yeshua's own brother, Yehuda, like John, wrote the letter known as Jude to the same early Messianic Jewish believers in Jerusalem, telling them to contend, to fight for the faith. The infilling of Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, operates within every believer, equipping them for service in the kingdom of God. Comprehension and use of the gifts of the Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, is required because you're a citizen of heaven. You, you live in a supernatural spiritual world. 
operating on the Ruach as a result of this Messianic anointing, energizing us to impact the world for the kingdom of God. The problem is that not everyone has or retains this Messianic anointing. Not every believer is tapping into the charisma, the power source of the Spirit, and walking and living in joy. It's this anointing, this Messianic anointing coupled with the Ruach HaKodesh that gives you charisma, joy. And see, here's the key. People are drawn to joy and happiness. People are drawn to charisma. This anointing allows us to be happy and joyful in difficult times. Listen very carefully now to what Yeshua says in John 15, verses 9 through 11. He said, Just as my Father has loved me, I too have loved you, so stay in my love. So I've shared this a thousand times. You know, the, the media, the world, the culture tells us you fall into love. You fall out of love. The sweaty palms and uh, and dilated pupils and, and you see a gorgeous person. Oh, I'm in love. Well, you're not in love. Love is a command. Love is a choice. It's something we do. So Yeshua is telling us to stay in his love. It's an atmosphere that we must maintain and stay in. Verse 10, if you keep my commands, you'll stay in my love. Now, I, I said something earlier about this, that we have to pay attention to obedience and following God's commandments. So he says, if you keep my commands, you will stay in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and stay in his love. Verse 11, I have said this to you so that my joy, kara, joy, to rejoice, be glad, to rejoice exceedingly, to be well, to thrive, gladness and cheerfulness may be in you and your joy may be complete. What a profound statement here. Charisma is a root word of guess what? Charisma. Do you want to thrive as a leader? Do you want to be well? Then be joyful, glad, rejoice, be cheerful. Anyone who knows me personally knows that in general, I have a cheerful demeanor. It doesn't mean I don't have bad days. It doesn't mean sometimes I'm not grumpy. But being cheerful is a choice. I love to make people smile. It's something that you choose to do. There's a famous quote by an unknown person that says, joy is not a season, it's a way of living. Submission and obedience to Adonai results in his blessing upon your life, which is the source of joy. Submission and obedience to Adonai results in his blessing upon your life, which is the source of our joy. Let's go all the way back to Deuteronomy 16, starting at verse 13. This is dealing with the festivals now, and this is actually verse 16 of Deuteronomy 16 is where the Shalemim command comes from that we do three times a year. But the Lord says you're to keep the festival of Sukkot for seven days after you gathered the produce of your threshing floor and wine press. So we're being told to be obedient to God's calendar and, and to uh, observe and follow the feast from Leviticus 23. So Sukkot is the last of the feasts, and it's in the fall time. He said, verse 14, rejoice at your festival, you your sons, daughters, your male and female slaves, the Levites, the foreigners, orphans, and widows living among you. So here we have it. We see a, a Jew and Gentile, one new man scripture here, because we're, we're talking about everybody, foreigners, Jews, Gentiles, all of, we're all who call upon the name of the Lord are to celebrate these feasts. And we're to rejoice at our festival, everyone living among us. Verse 15, seven days you're to keep the festival for Adonai, your God, in the place Adonai, your God, will choose because Adonai, your God, will bless you in all your crops and in all your work so that you are to be full of joy. 
Now, this is a word we're familiar with because every feast day, every holiday, we say Hag Sameach, which means may you have a joyful, glad, rejoicing, merry, joyful. The Hebrew word for joy is Sameach. And so may you have a joyful heart. You will do so if you're obedient to God. And if you're obedient to God, if you submit to him and obey him, you will receive his blessings. And in doing so, you will be full of joy, Sameach. To not have joy to not submit to and obey Adonai results in curses. Just a few chapters later in Deuteronomy 28, starting at verse 46, he says, these curses will be on you and your descendants as a sign and a wonder forever because you didn't serve Adonai your God with joy and gladness in your heart when you had such an abundance of everything Adonai will send your enemy against you, and you will serve him when you are hungry, thirsty, poorly clothed, and lacking everything. He'll put a yoke of iron on your neck until he destroys you. So, you know, here's a rhetorical question. Are things well in your life? Are you well? Are you happy and joyous? If not, return to Adonai and find his joy. As Yeshua stated in John 15, his joy complete in us makes us well. You know, Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. The opposite is a broken spirit, a spirit without joy. So a merry heart does the heart, a merriment does the heart well like good medicine. I, you know, I don't often quote the King James, but I, I like the way that comes off the tongue. And so joy is, is good for the heart. Joy is good medicine to us, but a broken spirit, a spirit without joy, a broken spirit is a heart and mind that dwells on the negative. If we live our lives with our heads low, that black cloud always hanging over us and always focus on the negative, you'll become a downer. In ministry, we call those people life suckers. They're always complaining. Everything always happens to them. They have no joy in their life. They're habitually negative. And I have seen dozens, maybe a hundred, come through our doors in the last 21 years, and few, if any, are able to break this off. They want to live in this place of a broken spirit. They're used to it. They're comfortable in it. But what happens is that drives people away from you. It drives people away from your congregation. It drives people away from your ministry. It'll drive people away from your business. Listen, you, you can't be a downer and a life sucker and engage and interact with people. Because rather than being refreshed and drawn to you because you have charisma and joy and a positive outlook, people will walk away discouraged. They don't. They, life is full of discouragement. The last thing they want is broken spirit and people sucking the life out of them. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 states that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy strengthens us. It enables us. It empowers us. It emboldens you to thrive and to be successful in whatever you do. Joy will carry you through the trials and tribulations of life. When life gets hard, friends get joyful. James 1 verses 2 and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You know, in John uh, 15, I'm sorry, John 16 Yeshua said, you will have trials and tribulations. Re receiving Yeshua and coming into the kingdom doesn't mean you're just going to skip to the end and uh, have no trials, no tribulations, no difficulties. Yeshua said, you will have, life is difficult. You'll have difficulties. The difference is Yeshua said is rejoice for I have overcome the world. Consider it pure joy, James 1, verses 2 and 3, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So what, what James, Yaakov, is telling us here, 
Joy is a choice. He says, consider it. In the Greek, it actually means choose it. Choose joy in difficult trying times and in good times. It's a choice. Joy is an intricate aspect of our covenant relationship with Adonai. It produces perseverance, and it's also expressed through our worship of him. Joy is found 62 times alone in just the Psalms. Listen, Psalms 4, verses 7 and 8. You have filled my heart with more joy than all their grain and new wine. I will lie down and sleep in peace, for Adonai, you alone, make me live securely. What a beautiful poetic passage. Psalms 5, verse 11. But all who take refuge in you, the Lord, rejoice. Let them forever shout for joy. Shelter them, they will be glad, those who love your name. Joy is a prominent feature of the true worship of God throughout the Tanakh. Wherever people know, love, and worship Adonai, his love instills a joy that only he can give into the hearts of his worshipers. Remember, he resides in the praises of his people. Back in the time of King Hezekiah, he was a young king and, and, and sought in 2 Chronicles 28, 29, 30 to reestablish covenant with God. This always fascinates me because, first of all, this passages here record the first uh, what we understand is a sovereign move of God, a revival in Scripture. But this young king seeks to restore covenant with Adonai, the king of Judah. And so he orders all the Levites back, and this is hard to fathom, but Solomon's temple, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, was boarded up and closed for business. He brings in the Levites, the priests, and he instructs them, get in there and start cleaning out. They take all the idols and uh, all the Asherah poles, they, they clean it up, and they burn those idols in the... Uh, uh, Gehinnom in the valley, and as they open up, they find the Torah, and they read these words, and, and they were stricken. It says that Hezekiah, he, he began mourning and tearing his clothes, and, and they go to a, the prophetess to say, what should we do? And, and, and she says, restore the word of God back into the kingdom. I'm paraphrasing now, but as they're doing this, they come upon the festival of Passover. Pesach. And in this process, they, they cleaned up, they restored the temple, they restarted the sacrifices, they rededicated themselves into an intimate covenant relationship with that. As the king leads, but all the people are engaged in this, and they send letters out to even the northern tribes and the other, to Israel, this is during the time of the split kingdoms, and invite them all to come and celebrate and worship Pesach with them. And they do this. They celebrated Pesach Passover, which resulted in something very fascinating, in 2 Chronicles 30, starting at verse 25, it said, All the people who had assembled from Judah rejoiced, as did the Kohanim and the Levites, those assembled from Israel, and the foreigners who had come from the territory of Israel or who lived in Judah. So here, once again, we've got this mixed crowd. They're all come together, and, and they're celebrating with great joy. Verse 26 says, So there was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the time of Shlomo, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like it in Jerusalem. Then the Kohanim, who were Levites, stood up and blessed the people. And Adonai heard their voice, and their prayer came up to the holy place where he lives in heaven. And it actually says he went on and he healed them. Listen, th this is fascinating. The people's renewed commitment to God reignited the joy in their hearts that only he alone can produce. You can experience the same joy Today, don't let the enemy, Hasetan, steal your joy through fear, worry, or discouragement, or offense, or anger, depression, rejection, bitterness, being misunderstood, feeling anxious, feeling hopeless, even helpless, being mistreated, or feeling like a failure. Are you experiencing any of these feelings, any of these behavioral traits? 
Is life difficult and too hard at this moment? Then do something about it. Rededicate yourself in obedience to Adonai and sing to him a new song. Psalms 33, starting at verse 3, says, Sing to him a new song. Make music at your best among shouts of, you got it, joy. For the word of Adonai is true, and all his work is trustworthy. I'm going to tell you a mystery and a secret. Because I know for ministry, ministry is hard. Running a business is hard. There's ups, there's downs, there's concerns. Are we going to make payroll? Can we pay the bills? What will the next, and it's even a little harder, I would say, in ministry, uh, you know, because there has to be a certain charisma. You have to draw people in who want to be loyal, who want to commit to the vision, and who will tithe. You know, in business, if you got a, if you got a little uh, uh, chutzpah, you can get out there and get some business. You can drum it up. If you've got a little initiative, uh, I've been in business uh, many times. My entire Navy career, I worked multiple jobs in the side. I had tree-cutting business. I had uh, businesses where I uh, flipped apartments and uh, I fixed homes as they were going to be sold, the hit list, I would go in and repair these things. Uh, I flipped apartments in San Diego, cleaned and restored and did repairs. Uh, my whole life, I grew up, as you know, from previous Kadima talks. My father was a business owner. He, he owned his own construction company. I worked construction for years. With a little initiative, this is America. It's too easy to make money. But it's difficult. And it's even harder in ministry. But praise and worship, listen to me, here's a mystery being revealed. Praise and worship defeats the enemy. Praise and worship brings joy, which again strengthens you and it makes you well. Serving and ministering to Adonai restores joy. Oh, I'm going to say this again. Serving and ministering to Adonai restores joy. Psalms 40 verse 8, doing your will, my God, is my joy. Your Torah is in my inmost being. Doing his will, it restores joy to within us. It, and actually, it puts his word in my inmost being. Matter of fact, isn't the word of God to circumcise my heart? Aren't I to consume it? Isn't my heart the altar of God? Isn't, aren't I the natural living sacrifice unto him? Therefore, doing his will, my God's will, it is my joy. And it restores Torah in my inmost being. There, there's a, but there's a key here. Listen to me. You got to ask for it. No matter what the circumstances are, you, you got to obey Adonai and ask for this. So why, why do we have to ask? Asking establishes relationship between us and Adonai. Asking is an act of obedience, trust, and dependence. When you humble yourself and ask, you rely on God rather than yourself. Asking requires humility, a humble heart, and a lack of pride. God is glorified when we ask him to do what only he can do. Listen to the words of Yeshua here in John 16, verse 23. Till now you haven't asked for anything in my name. Keep asking and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. Did you catch this? Keep asking and you will receive. And, and why is that? So that our joy may be complete. Yeshua often speaks about joy, that it may be complete in you, which is the mystery of your success. It's a kingdom principle. Listen, Romans 14, verses 17 through 18. For the kingdom of God is not of eating and drinking, but righteousness, shalom, and joy in the Ruach HaKodesh, in the Holy Spirit. Anyone, verse 18, who serves the Messiah in this fashion both pleases God 
and wins the approval of other people. Wow. Serving Adonai in shalom, joy, and the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, it not only pleases God, but it wins the approval of other people. What is that? That's having charisma. That's drawing other people to you. Listen, what's the core? We're doing all these leadership things here, these Kadima things, but what's the core essence of actual true leadership? Influencing people. It's the art of motivating a group of people to act towards achieving a common goal. You cannot do this in your business, in your ministry, as a congregational leader. You can't achieve this without joy. Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. Joy comes from believing and trusting Adonai, belonging to his kingdom, and knowing and receiving Yeshua as your Redeemer. Romans 15.13, may God, the source of hope, fill you completely with joy and shalom as you continue trusting, so that by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, you may overflow with hope. You know, this is years ago I heard Coach Mack uh, of Promise Keepers share this, and, and this always sticks in my mind. I did a message on it years ago, but there's something called reticular activation, and I think I shared this in one of our earlier Kadima talks. But one day, especially now, we're in, we're in the summertime here as, as we're recording this, and you go out and your lawnmower just explodes. It burns up. There's no oil. It's kaput. It's done. So you, you walk into the local Lowe's or the Ace Hardware or Home Depot, and as soon as you walk in, you look, and you're like, oh, glory, hallelujah, lawnmowers are on sale. Yes, thank you, Lord. I got news for you. They're always on sale. You just didn't notice it because you weren't looking for a lawnmower. This is called reticular activation. And so I've had one of these moments in preparing this because once I started digging and getting into joy, it's everywhere throughout Scripture. It's like the one new man. You, you don't catch us when you're not looking for it, but once your reticular activation system is activated and turned on, you see all these just as we read today from these Scriptures, the foreigners, the Gentiles and Jews together having all these things supernaturally done when they come together. So we see this now. Joy is everywhere. Make God the source of hope fill you completely with what? With joy. What is that? It's the charisma. It's being well. It's strengthened. It's, it's so profound here. As you can Continue trusting. Joy results in shalom, which is the absence of conflict. It doesn't mean that you won't have conflict. It means you will be smiling through whatever difficulties the enemy throws at you because you're in the presence of Adonai. You know who you serve. You know who you trust. And nothing, and I mean nothing, no circumstance, no matter what they are, no matter how severe, you cannot have your joy removed. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10. As having reason to be sad, Shaul, Paul said, yet always filled with joy. As poor, yet making many people rich. As having nothing, yet having everything. Listen, if you've got joy, my friends, you've got everything. This means that even when we're in the midst of a situation that legitimately brings us sorrow, our inner joy can never be taken away. The very core of our being can still rejoice in the fact that we are forgiven children of God who enjoy an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. Our joy is strengthened when we remember that no matter what the circumstances, Adonai is with us, and he's above all. To achieve success as a leader, as a congregation leader, as a business owner, First and foremost, you must achieve kingdom joy. 
Joy is one of the most important values in being successful. If you aren't joyful as you strive and work towards accomplishing your goals, you'll not find success in the fulfillment that comes with it. As Melody Beatty writes in her book, Journey to the Heart, and I quote, joy is a choice, a deliberate conscious choice. That choice is available to us each day. Our joy isn't controlled by others or by outward circumstances. Joy comes from a deeper place, a place of security within ourselves. It's an attitude, not a transitory emotion. Your joy doesn't come from your spouse. It doesn't come from your parents. Your joy doesn't come from your children. Your joy comes from the God Most High. And if you serve him and worship him in spirit and in truth, if you're obedient to him, then he will bless you and you'll be filled with overflowing joy, a joy that cannot be stolen, a joy that will overcome many things in your life. You want to be successful in life? Smile and have joy. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May you be overflowing with joy. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen and amen. Shalom. Shalom.